Hi, I'm Joanna Mitchell. Today's leadership quote is, you don't need to have a title to be a leader. The Leader Assistant Podcast exists to encourage and challenge assistants to become confident, game-changing leader assistants. The Leader Assistant Podcast is brought to you by Goody. If you're starting to think about holiday gifts for your team like I am, Goody is a game changer. They have amazing gifts that people will really love, including brands that give back to charitable causes. As a longtime executive assistant, I've always been nervous about holiday gifting season. But thankfully, Goody's platform lets you send one gift or hundreds at the same time without ever worrying about shipping details. Can I get an amen? With Goody, your gift recipients provide all their shipping info, and they can even swap out your gift for another option if they prefer. It's free to start gifting, and you can get a $20 credit when you sign up. Oh, and if you mention you heard about Goody from the Leader Assistant podcast, Goody will add an extra $10 credit to your account. Go to leaderassistant.com slash Goody to start gifting today. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Leader Assistant Podcast. It's your host, Jeremy Burrows, and today is episode 188. You can check out the show notes at leaderassistant.com slash 188. And I'm very excited to be speaking with Joanna Mitchell. Joanna is author of the book titled The Healthy Virtual Assistant, and she is a copywriter and marketing consultant um, and all sorts of things we're going to talk about. So, Joanna, how's it going? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. What part of the world are you in? I'm in Sydney, Australia. Lovely, lovely. And are you from there or, or around there? No, I'm actually from uh, the UK, a little island called Jersey. Um, but yeah, I've been in Sydney for about 12 years now. So technically Australian as well. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, maybe what's one of your favorite hobbies? And, you know, do you have kids? Do you have cats? Are you a dog person? Give us a couple <laughs> of fun uh, personal tidbits. Um. Yeah. So as you can imagine, I'm into health. <laughs> so hobbies, I guess I do a lot of walking, uh, yoga, that kind of thing. Um, I have a four-year-old boy um, called Harvey who keeps me very active and entertained. Um, and I have a cat as well called Gaza, who's also probably just as active as Harvey. Um, yeah. So I'm bit yeah very busy um, at the moment, but yeah, life's good. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Well, tell us about your career now. Uh, what kind of was your first foray into the corporate world or, or career life? And how did your journey kind of take you to where you are now? Yeah, so um, I started working in human resources, so mainly for um, law firms. And uh, I think I got to about 27 and just had kind of a mini, mini kind of what am I doing with my life? I'm not happy. This isn't what I want to do. Kind of meltdown and um, decided to leave corporate and pursue something that I 
be a bit more passionate about. And I came across a course on health coaching. Um, so I trained to be a health coach. And whilst I was health coaching, I, I needed something to supplement my my kind of new coaching business, some kind of side hustle um, that I could do. And I realized that a lot of the people that I'd met from doing um, the health coaching course and in the health space, um, they didn't have the same like skill set as what I had from my corporate background. Um, I was a little bit more tech savvy and... Um, they were up, like friends were asking me, could you help me with my website? Could you help me set up this newsletter? How do you do this? I've seen you done this kind of thing. So I started helping them on the side with, um, with their online business. Um, I realized that I could actually make some money out of it as calling myself a virtual assistant. Um, so that's really how my virtual assistant business started. Cause as soon as I, came out and said, right, I'm a virtual assistant now um, for the health space in particular, because I was working in that industry already. I started getting way more clients um, for that work rather than coaching. I just realized that I enjoyed it a lot more. Um, So from there, I created um, my business, the Healthy VA. And yeah, I did that for a few years and um, it was really great. I had so much work. I ended up hiring um, like local VAs as well as offshore VAs. Um, and for a time it was going great, but I, I got to a point where I started being like the delegator and the manager. So the work coming in, I ended up having to spend my time delegating it to a team rather than doing it myself. And I realized that I actually missed that, missed being the person that did the work Um so I ended up evolving my work into being more of a consultant, um, focusing more on like marketing because I found that that, that type of work um, was more what I was leaning towards. Um, and I evolved the Healthy VA business into more of an educational blog and um, a course and now a book for other people aspiring to be virtual assistants and freelancers and specifically wanting to work within the health and wellness industry. Hmm. Nice. So you kind of started off doing the work, had too much work, hired help to help you with the work and then decided you didn't really want to, uh, manage a team (laughs) essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more, um, I don't know if you've heard of the book, the E-Myth by Michael Gerber. I think it's, I think it's Michael Gerber, but he talks about, um, when people start businesses, they, they start it because they love doing the work. And then when it grows, they, you know, naturally become the manager. And then they realize that they're actually prefer being a technician over the manager. So it's, yeah. So I've, I actually read that book around that time and was like, yeah, that I think this is what's happening for me. I want to be the one doing the work and not having a big, you know, multi-person business. Um, mm. And when I started doing virtual assistance, it was still fairly like a new concept. Um, like VAs were more what you you would think of like as offshore uh, virtual assistants in India or the Philippines, you know, charging $5 an hour kind of thing. But so having like a local virtual assistant was still like a fairly new concept. Um, so it, like I found what I needed to do is educate people and business owners as well about what virtual assistants can do and, how they can support their businesses. Um, so it it kind of evolved when I changed the business to be more, in, more an educational platform. It was kind of the right time as well because a lot of other people were starting to see that being a virtual assistant could be a career option for them too. Um, so, yeah, it was all very organic and 
yeah nice so, way. <laughs> yeah so let's 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 kind of dive in a little bit to some of those learnings so how did you you know pick and how do you recommend others uh, virtual assistants freelancers choose a niche and you know pick their expertise or pick like focus like and and did that you mentioned that it it, it increased your business when you said mm-hmm. when you said hey i'm a virtual assistant for the health and, and wellness industry uh, versus just in general i'm a virtual assistant so talk a little bit about mm-hmm. what you've done and and how you've what you've seen in your career and then how you help other uh, virtual assistants really hone in on hey you know what i'm i'm more of a specialist you know in this specific mm-hmm. area versus just saying oh i can do anything Are you ready to elevate your career in 2024? I'm Maggie Olson, founder of Nova Chief of Staff Certification, the first of its kind online course for aspiring and existing chiefs of staff. With curriculum taken directly from on-the-job responsibilities, Nova's self-paced learning modules provides you with hands-on experience so you can feel competent and confident moving into a chief of staff style role. It's the perfect next step for executive assistants. Head to leaderassistant.com slash Nova to learn more, grab the syllabus and enroll today. Yeah, I mean, the role of a virtual assistant is quite broad, as in like you can do a lot of different things under that category. So the niche, by niching an industry, you obviously narrow down the market that you are talking to. But when you start to work with similar businesses, you can notice similar patterns in like the support that they need. And um, and then the potential clients can then see that uh, the experience that you've had working with other health coaches or nutritionists or, um, it, yeah, it kind of, I mean, it definitely helps with marketing um, when you niche, but also whatever you learn by working with particular, like health coaches in particular, or any other health business, you can apply those skills to other industries. But why I think niching, uh, I recommend niching is because you tend to work with businesses and industries that you're interested in, um, and that you've got like experience in as well. So like, I was always interested in like health and wellness, and obviously I'd done a health coaching course. So it made sense that I work with those businesses I felt aligned with. But if there's somebody who's um, like in a previous career has worked with commercial property like businesses or um, in, in an insurance company kind of thing, then niching in those industries might work for them because they've got the experience working with them previously. Um, yeah, I think niching is like both what you're interested in, but also just help helping your business be more targeted. And yeah. Does that answer the question? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Always, uh, there's a, of course, you know, they, I say niche, some people say niche. So, uh, but this, so this, this phrase or, or rhyme doesn't really work depending on how you say the word niche or, or niche, but I've yeah. heard it said that that riches are in the niches <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's just this whole idea of like, listen, um, you can't be everything to everyone. Yeah. And, yeah. That's yeah. You know, and charge 
what you need to charge to have a successful business and, and all that. Yeah. I mean, what eventually happens as well in your niche is that you become the go-to person. Um, like you become known as like the VA for the health industry, you know, yeah. it's like, and it's when you can create that type of reputation, it's just much easier to get work. Um, and you become more of a trusted source as well, I guess, because yeah. clients feel like, you know, them and their business and Yeah. And like I, I've ventured out like over the years and I've done um, some work for like a company, like a, a few finance um, businesses or fintech companies. And I just felt like my enthusiasm for those businesses wasn't the same. Mm. So, yeah, like for me, I need to be feeling really aligned with who I'm working with, not just on a like personal level, but just I want to be helping them in their business because I want their business to grow. So I think if I wasn't interested or like when it comes to finance, like really understand what, what it is that they do. Um, yeah. It's, it's the, you kind of don't enjoy the, enjoy the work as much. Yeah. So talk a little bit about the transition from corporate to freelance, which in some ways, people are like, oh, you know, I want to be my own boss. But then when you if you actually become a virtual assistant, you realize you don't really become your own boss. You you just have multiple bosses. <laughs> so yeah. what's the what's the transition uh, like? And what would you recommend people consider who are listening, thinking, you're right, I'm tired of the nine to five going to the office or working for the same organization over and over. Like, I want to branch out and travel more or have some freedom that comes with virtual work, but, um, but I don't know what it's going to do to leave corporate and become a virtual assistant. Um, yeah, it's, it's a complete mental shift from that employee mentality to business owner mentality. Um, like obviously as an employee, you're confined to the job description that you are given for that particular role that you're sitting in. Um, and you're also confined with, to the salary that has paid for that role as well. Whereas when you go out and start your own thing and become um, a virtual assistant, you can kind of create that all yourself. So um, one of the things I did when I started the VA work was saying yes to everything that the client needed within reason, obviously. But um, and then having to figure out what it is I actually enjoy doing, what I what do I keep want what I want to do, what I need to develop my skills on kind of thing. So I ended up creating my own job description um, by doing that. So I guess it's moving from corporate, you do have a lot of flexibility doing your own thing, but it also comes with um, having like your own personal discipline, um, whether that's um, how you liaise with the clients, uh, what you you want to be doing, and then time management as well, um, and learning how to actually bill for your work. So, um, in a lot of corporate roles, that you don't, you're there what nine to five, and you get paid for the time that you're in there, whether you're sat at your desk or not. Whereas when you're a virtual assistant, you're paid for the time that you're actually working. So, having to get your head round billing for the time that you're working, and then um, considering the time that it's taking to be on the phone and to be emailing clients, that kind of thing. Um, 
yeah it's a it's a complete mental shift yeah. <laughs> um, and actually like I feel like it's it's very hard to be a freelancer um as you know when you've come from that kind of world um yeah like it's exciting it's exciting and um very challenging but um yeah there's a lot to kind of consider really yeah so you you focus on copywriting and marketing consulting now right is that for yeah. for the health industry still yes okay so tell us a little bit about you know written communication copywriting is such a big part of really i mean it's even more so in the remote world because you don't you don't have that in person you know verbal verbal and nonverbal cues all the time it's all a lot more written communication so yeah. what what kind of tips would you have for those listening to really improve written communication like how how have you done or what have you done to improve your writing and what's maybe a couple tips for those listening um do you mean in terms of so writing from like a marketing perspective or do you just mean communicating with clients and i think i think a little bit of both because if we're honest you know writing it in a market from a marketing perspective is all about you know story and like being persuasive and um relating to the reader and all that which i mean in any email that you send at work or any slack message you kind of have to apply those same uh same tactics to your writing in my opinion yeah. so yeah maybe a little bit of both yeah i mean writing i feel is particularly yeah writing online is kind of where the world's going really um especially with a lot with like remote working um going forward um in terms of help with like spelling and grammar there's some really good um tools that you can have in your browser um so that when you're writing whether it's an email or whether it's you know on a website um, there's tools like grammarly um and hemingway the hemingway app as well they're pretty good tools where you actually can type in um say you're typing an email grammarly will actually pick up if there's like a spelling error or if there's um, a way that you can make that sound more concise um so i find having that quite helpful um yeah and just i think like reducing the fluff of like if that makes sense like a lot like being more concise with what you want to say um that's one of the things i've tried to do is um instead of saying like um hey i just wanted to ask you such and such i've tried to be a lot more direct and be like hey um and then just ask the question like like yeah. there's obviously communicating with people you want to be polite but i feel there's also a lot of fluff sometimes with um, maybe that's like me coming from my corporate days where, um, yeah, like communicating with lawyers and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, get to the point. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. I just, that that's something that I've had to kind of be mindful of is, um, getting clear and concise with what I want to say. Mm. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah, I think one of my favorite quotes I can't ever remember, I should probably look this up since I say it so often, is uh, the one where it says, you know, I would have... I would have written you a smaller or a shorter letter if I would have had time or something like that. So yeah. it's like I would I would have written you a shorter email if I would have had time. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what I've been doing recently actually is writing on Twitter because Twitter yeah. is only like, it's only 142 characters, I think. So things that I want to say, like not necessarily to build a Twitter, Twitter audience, but things that I want to share, I've been writing them as tweets because it it makes your, it forces you to be concise and it forces yeah. you to cut out the fluff and the extra words and um, be doing at least like one tweet every day. And then obviously like reading other people's tweets, that's like really helped with becoming more concise mm. and direct. Yeah. yeah. And creative I, as well, actually. Yeah. I found mm. that too. Like, trying to write a write a tweet of some thought you have and you just like sit there and you rewrite it like 10 times because yeah like, oh i want to say this but i don't have room so i gotta yeah. shorten it or i gotta restate it or say it a different way so yeah that's great uh awesome well joanna thanks for being on the show i, I do want to you know i can't let you go without one or two tips on health and wellness of course because you're passionate about that industry and, you know, I know as assistants and really a lot, obviously a lot of different roles these days, we just sit at a computer all day and we skip lunch or we work through lunch or we forget to fill our water bottle up or, you know, we don't, we don't move um, mm. like we need to. So what are, what are some things that in this day and age of, you know, stagnant office or desk work? What, what what are some tips for being healthy and well in this world? Um, yeah, moving. <laughs> um, what I do when I know that, like particularly if I'm having to write something um, and I will tend to get like in the zone and lost in what I'm writing and it'll be like a couple of hours before I realize, I've, you know, I've not moved is I put a timer on my phone so that when the timer goes off, it kind of breaks that workflow, I guess. And just a reminder for me to get up and go and do, you know, even if it's just a 20 minute walk or just to go to the kitchen and pour a glass of water or something and come back. Cause we don't like a member in corporate, you'd constantly be getting up to like print, you know, print something and go and get it from the printer. And then mm -hmm. you'd end up chatting to several people on the way back to your desk. But when you're working from home, you just don't, yeah, you can just get sucked into your computer and there for hours. So definitely like setting time, like timers on your phone that will go off every couple of hours to make you move essentially. Um, I also, I get up a lot earlier now and I, I use that more that time in the morning to do movement, whether that's like actual exercise, like a class or actually go for a walk because I'm doing movement earlier in the day or first thing in the morning is much better for your body um and you're kind of a bit more motivated to do it then as well then rather all right I'll, I'll do an afternoon class and then by the time you get to the afternoon and you're working on things you, you're more likely to cancel it um yeah so movement first thing in the morning setting a timer to get you up from your desk throughout the day definitely coffee 
coffee, <laughs> coffee in the morning just to like give you a boost. Yeah. Um, yeah. What any any food tips or like snack tips? Do you have any favorite like at, you know when that timer does go off and you have you know you get up and you go pour yourself a glass of water, but then you you know some of us are like, well, but if I get up and go to the kitchen, then I'm gonna you know mm-hmm. get some junk food. So what's your what's one of your favorite uh, healthy snacks? Well, I actually t- try not to snack. So I found that I snack out of boredom sometimes. So I try not to do that because then I'm eating food that my body doesn't need. Hmm. Um, so what I do instead is when I when it's lunchtime, so I um, I try to have lunch between, you know, the standard hours of like 12 till 2, um, but I make myself like a sufficient lunch, hmm. um, like a big meal. It's not just like a like something small um because having i think like having your lunch having a big lunch is um good for your digestive system um and like when you used to work in corporate unless you packed a lunch yourself you're kind of a slave to the nearest cafes which don't always have like healthy options whereas when you're working from home you've got the option to make um, yourself a big meal big nice healthy healthy lunch so i always take advantage of that um and I find, and that gives you a sufficient break as well because you've got the time to make yeah. it, cook it, and then eat it, and then come back to your desk. Um, yeah. So rather than like snacking throughout the day, I'd recommend just giving yourself a big lunch. Nice. Mm. What's one of your favorite uh, healthy lunches? Um, so I like sometimes I like having eggs. You know, like a huge omelet with lots of veggies and some like sauteed kale and spinach. Um, and I tend to always have a bit of chocolate afterwards as well. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a couple of squares of chocolate is like a dessert, um, a nice cup of tea for the rest of the day. (laughs) Good deal. Good deal. Well, Joanna, thank you so much for being on the show and and sharing a little bit about your story and a little, a few tips and, and wisdom for listeners. Uh, how can they find you? Where should they connect? And I'll, I'll put all these links links in the show notes. But uh, what's the best place for people to find you and reach out? Uh, yeah, so Twitter and Instagram. I'm Joanna B Mitch. Um, yeah, I'm the website, the Healthy VA um, as well. Yeah, but I'm I'm more active on Twitter these days. Great. Well, I'll share that link in the show notes and, you know, definitely check out the healthy virtual assistant, Joanna's book on Amazon and other retailers. And we'll uh, link to all that in the show notes. So thanks again, Joanna. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Please review on Apple Podcasts. GoBullows.com